what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome to the House of Sold Separately, a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings that tune in every single week. It's funny, I never record these intros. I just like doing them on the fly every single time, but it's uh, it's actually something, one of my favorite things to do. I love you guys. Uh, I always say we're like the outliers, the misfits, the people who just can't seem to color inside the lines. Uh, we just like doing things differently. And uh, I find that that seems to be the theme <laughs> Uh, in just the, the current times that we live in, right? And uh, for any of my newer listeners, it's nice to meet you. I'm Matt Gottesman, at Matt Gottesman on Instagram. I do answer every single DM, reply, response, text you possibly can do online. Uh, it is me. I've been doing it for eight years, and that's what we're creating and cultivating a community. So if you have any questions or any type of episodes you want to hear or topics, you just reach out. And uh, for my newer listeners as well, um, we will never glorify or glamorize success. I have to say this repeatedly every single episode. I cannot define success for you. Nobody can. And if you let people do so, you are going to find yourself very stressed out at some point or disconnected from what feels right for you. That is your right and responsibility. Guess what? You are going to have to figure that out for yourself. And it does not have to be some title or metric or anything like that. It's really just whatever you want in the designing of your life. So what that means is I have guests that come on the show and we talk about what we're experiencing in real time while we're building something that means something to us. Any aspect of our life, any season of our life, it could be our first venture, our 50th venture. It could be a book. Uh, it could be uh, a new passion, art. It could be anything, but we're realizing something in real time about ourselves and we're sharing it and what you'll come to find is you're no different than us we're no different than you maybe a different season maybe a different environment but fundamentally we do all experience very similar things so that seems to be a sticking point with the show and for my older listeners i really appreciate you guys um keep up the ratings and reviews for all of you uh it's it means a lot and uh, we're going to get into it. I have another returning guest. I love returning guests. I love when, re when guests come back on. I, I ask every single guest, you know, to come back on and maybe like 15% do. Um, I wish they would more because some of, you know, there's just so many incredible stories on there. But uh, this guy has become a, a good friend in a very short time. Sometimes we go on texting, uh, voice text rants. Uh, our, our first podcast together, which I believe was episode 427, uh, was I think on record the longest podcast episode it might have been for, <laughs> for the show and everybody listened to it. So, uh, that had to have been him, uh, Alex Woody Woodrow. Um, you guys may remember that episode. He's a best-selling author, coach, meditation guide, and founding member of the rock band, Our Last Nights. Yeah. An actual rock star you know, go look him up on, on Insta. I love when he, uh, by the way, brother, I love when you show like the uh, crazy crowds, like when you're on stage swinging the guitar around, <laughs> I'm just like, dude, that's a lot of people, you know, <laughs> like stadiums and whatnot. And so I just, uh, really appreciate it. Um, so he's been on before. Here's what we're going to do. 
uh he he there's a another he's done a series of books you are the rock star uh this one's stage presence for life we're going to talk about five mental shifts to become more of what i like to call the main character he's calling the rock star in your life um and we're going to dive down a lot of uh rabbit holes like we do but to remind you uh again best-selling author of the series you are the rock star coach yoga meditation guide founding member of the rock band our last night uh one of the biggest independent rock bands on the planet and his work empowers others to feel good in their body gain confidence in their life and fully own their personal power and he currently lives in nashville tennessee which i've been saying all year i'm gonna go visit and i (laughs) like everybody in nashville keeps saying are you gonna come so i'm just gonna knock on his door one day here soon uh brother thank you for being back on the show i appreciate it dude it is my honor thanks for having me yeah man um so, you know, because everybody's already heard the background and it was incredible by the way, anybody listening, like you got to hear, talk about like when, first of all, the music industry being an independent band, making it and navigating for like, what was it like? That was like 15 plus years, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was closer to two decades. Whew. We got like, like eight, 18 years. The guys are still rocking it. Um, I've done a little bit of a different life trajectory recently, right. but yeah, yeah, it's been, uh, about. 17 18 years of that which is uh more than half of my life so um, it's been a fun experience to navigate where we attach our ego to and what we identify with at least for me personally recently just because you know you do anything for long enough you start to think it's kind of who you are (laughs) (laughs) and then the world challenges us in ways sometimes (laughs) we don't see and we get to check in and see uh and see really what we're made of and maybe what more there is out there for us. You know, I've been doing solo episodes for a second upcoming podcast I'm creating, and it was interesting that the, the I was saying honor the loved ones that come into our life that see our thirty thousand foot view, and they're like, yeah, I know you're stuck with this part of the identity, but like you do see what's happening with all of this, right? <laughs> and like they hold us to this higher universal intelligence, you know, of really our our whole picture. Um, but our ego and our identity keep us sometimes in this like, well, no, I'm this, you know, and, I, and I'm moving out of that. And they're like, can you move faster? <laughs> you know? what, um, what's been going on since uh, you, so you exited the band, right? Earlier this year, was it like January, I think, right? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and you've done this a second book, second or third? Technically third one. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, wait a minute. Um, What's been going on this year so far and what is you, you know, what have you been most excited about? And then we're going to, we're going to dive into the, the mental shifts um, because uh, I love the actionable advice that people are like, yeah, let me jot this down and let me start moving in it right away. Yeah. Amen, bro. It's, it's been good. It's been, um, you know, a lot of just ex- exploration, a lot of navigating and kind of curiosity as, as far as like what lights me up and how can I contribute in different ways than I have before. And one of the main uh, threads throughout the book that I just wrote was about every stage representing every moment we're presented with and not all of them look the same. And so learning, learning that we can contribute in these different areas and allowing ourselves to step into that fully, not always knowing exactly what's going to come of them, exactly how, what it's going to feel like, but giving ourselves permission to explore that from from a curious perspective, it just allows us to kind of find the breadcrumbs that the universe is laying out for us as we continue on our our journey of 
exponential growth rather than just like one lane growth because we're like expansive beings, right? So, so that's what I've really felt like I've been exploring is expanding and drop this book in June, which was really fun. I actually did a European book tour for it, which felt awesome. I didn't get a chance to do any type of book tour, at least in the physical during um, COVID, of course, or during that you know time period in 2020, because I was, uh, you know, we were all locked down and I couldn't really get out there and booking studios like yoga spots to speak at or any speaking event was difficult. So I just did it online and, uh, and it was fun, but in magic, it's, it's in magic in, in person, it is magic. And, uh, and so I just really, really enjoyed being able to, to get back over in Europe, share the things I've been writing about and uh and just connect with the fan base i haven't seen in you know three years at this point so that was awesome very humbling very inspiring and uh we spanned from berlin paris we did prague amsterdam and germany and belgium and yeah i just really enjoyed being a foreigner it's one of my favorite things in life (laughs) it's just being a foreigner and and getting to share and contribute to people while traveling really rewarding and kind of reminded me of, you know, why I'm here. So that was a nice solid breadcrumb to receive and, and to observe because not playing on stage for a while, it's, I've felt a little bit like I'm missing out on that heightened experience of connection and also just, just like expansive vibe, you know, just like in a massive setting, connecting with people, playing music it's just such a heightened experience and I've been missing that. So back to different moments in life, providing different stages, this was just a different stage. And I got a similar experience from that by sharing music I've been writing along with meditations, yoga, and of course the topics that are in the book and some of which we're going to dive into now. Um, but yeah, I'm back here in Nashville after the travels and grounding back in and just taking some focus on an online course I'm working on and um, writing some music, doing some fun stuff like that. You know, I, I love when you were saying, um, you know, right at the beginning, you say, I'm good. And then I, what, I, what I also hear in that is, it is one nonstop whirlwind of newness that is constantly happening on a very daily, hourly basis. At least because, you know, we talked about this back in the beginning of the year. <laughs> it's been totally. like that for me all year. Shifting out of one identity. And, you, you know, you said it's like, hey, that was very expansive when you were constantly on stage and you're, you're a touring, you know, global rock bands um that's that's a lot of energy and it's a lot of when curated right a lot of really great energy because you're meeting the the people that support you in real time in person that's a whole other you know expansive vibe and then and then not doing that like like i don't want to say slowing down but like when we cut off an energy and move into an entirely you know it wasn't completely new a lot of the things that you were doing because you've done other things before these other things but it's you feel it. your body feels it the nervous system feels it like the 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 conscious feels it you know there's so many different things that are happening um when you move into that you know into some of the, the newer territory of stuff so I, I love that you shared that but yeah when i heard you say i'm good and and you sound good but they still had that i could just tell i'm like yeah it's a different energy right like it's a different energy and then the other thing uh the other thing i, I liked too that uh do you want to say something about that um 
not in this moment, just just one little thing to kind of uh, seg, not even to segue, but just to add on that it's like, I don't know if we ever really know exactly what we're like supposed to be doing. I think it's Perfect. just, again, following that those things yeah. that make it feel alive is just really important because maybe me so saying I'm good is like, you know, we're going up and down. We, we, have, <laughs> we have the lows. And sometimes we're like, you know, what the fuck am I actually doing? Yeah. You know? And, oh, yeah. and so, yeah. And, and like, it's happened to me more often recently than I'd like to admit, but it's just part of the experience. I'm, I'm literally wanting to actually like, just film that <laughs> like myself. I just want to be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I know you're relying on all of you on my content and like, you know, my business and talking about this and talking about that. I'm like, I'm figuring it out every single day. Like I'm having a day. Let's film that and talk about that. <laughs> you know, the true build in public. Um, the other thing I was going to say uh, a second ago too was, uh, and I'm trying to remember what it was exactly, but it was, it was around the concept of, um, oh yes. Um, to your exact point, which I'm glad you added on, like, I don't think we ever really fully know. We're just basically trusting. And I was given this incredible advice a few years back, uh, from one of my best friends and she's going to come back on the show. And, um, She's like, I know you know what you want because you can feel it. That's at your core. Like you, you feel your purpose. You feel, you feel what you want. And it was in relation to a couple of different topics. And she said, you have to get in the game to meet God. And I was mm. like, okay. And she's like, you have to be in the game, integrating everything you learn, taking your experiences, showing up with the knowledge and the wisdom that you now have and applying it and moving in faith. And when you show up into the game, like, you know, God meets you there and it's like, boom, you know. Um, but otherwise, if we if we know what we don't want or we're just kind of like, it's not that we're waiting around, but we're just, we're not as, you know, we're just not as in the ring going round for round, punch for punch. You know, it's like the things that are meant to meet us can't meet up with us, right? So I love that you were just like, hey, I, I left this, but I went into this and I went here and I went there and, you know, uh, and I met up with these people. And um, so I like that you're saying that. It just reminded me of that quote. So I think it's like, I think it's a Brene Brown quote where she talks about how the credit belongs to the man who's in the arena. Yeah. Yeah. Right? She, yeah. She said, uh, if you're not in your, if you're not in the arena, getting your ass kicked, uh, something like, uh, you know, we it's more or less like we don't have anything to talk about like unless unless yeah. you're in the arena getting your ass kicked you know <laughs> so yeah 100 percent um so shall we dive into some mental shifts yeah please be let's do it uh, given that you know you and i i think that's probably what we connected on a lot too was the fact of like um you know a next season um things that still resonate with us and we love and have respect for but you know served one season or many several seasons and now it's like there's new things that we're we're wanting to receive based off of what we know and walking in that you know that divine faith trust knowing um you know uh the mind is gonna the mind is gonna you know do its thing at times um and so I would love for you to talk a little bit about like some of these mental, like, you know, these we'll go over each mental shift. I think we'll discuss each, we'll relate to it and we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, to start off, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's understanding and kind of like, at least now this is the third time we've said it in, in this episode is just that ob observing life as a stage in every moment that is constantly changing mm -hmm. is really important because then it gives us permission to, to not act out of integrity but to become the actor 
and the main character in our, like in our story so that we kind of take on our personal power and we own it. And a lot of times I think we get stuck on whether it's our phones or computers, some kind of device where consumed in front of a screen. And this can create a lot of stagnant energy. So the first point that when I was thinking about, you know, what helps us to become the rock star of our own lives. And one of those things is embracing the ability to change our state. And that just means getting up sometimes and moving. But other times it can also mean going for a rock climb, going for an actual run, going for some type of movement exercise to shift our energy up and to change our state of mind. There's other ways too. You could, you know, paint or read a book or journal, but if we're stuck or at least feeling stuck, usually we're we're stagnant, right? We're in one place. And it's really important to embrace the opportunity to change our state even if we don't feel like it. Right. So so, so changing our state really is about in my eyes it's about the willingness to play full out in your life because that's like the stage the moment that's presenting itself you're choosing to play full out understanding that sometimes we might feel stuck but we have the power to overcome that stuckness by taking some sort of action so really to compartmentalize that it's it's just about playing full out and choosing to change your state you know, it's a very conscious decision for sure. I, I've actually noticed that a lot lately. Um, when that stagnant energy comes in, it's like, yep, nope. Like taking that step and I get up right from my desk or right from my home environment. I'm like, yep, I'm out. I'll go for like a hike. I'll go for a swim. I'll go. I, lately, it's been like ice baths, like nonstop. I've been doing five, six minute ice baths. And like some of the guys there are like, you're just sitting there. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Like I'm trying to figure out what's going on internally. I was like, over here, I feel amazing. And then, mm. by the way, um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll finish that sentence and then what the ice baths were doing. And then, and then over here, I'd be like, what is that energy? It's like a morning. It's like mm. old energy moving out while new energy is moving in. It's one of those seasons. So over here, this feels incredible. I'm like, God, the purpose is there. Everything's alive. This feels right. This feels good. And over here, this is sort of like, you know, we're leaving. This is leaving. Mm. And it's like, but there's also a little bit of comfort and reliance and outcomes and predictable outcomes and money and certain things in that like aspect too. And you're like, interesting, you know, but um, I found to your exact point, especially for the ice baths, I, I, I've been doing those lately. I come home and I do like six hours of work in 45 minutes. Like my brain is like lit up. <laughs> I just finished this stuff. I'm like, is this what I got to do every day? You know, and I can see how the addiction, good addiction for doing things that are good for your body and mind and getting yourself into into mobility or activity, mm. as you said, to change our state, man, like it, of course, our health has to come first. Of course it does. It makes the most sense now. You can actually do less and more time or excuse me, you could do more and less time. <laughs> ah, if you don't do your health, you can do less and more time. But when you actually put your health first, you can do more and less time and so, well, hey, yeah. you could play you could play on those words a lot, bro, because we like to bog our, ourselves down with so much stuff, I feel right. like. Right. And so slowing down, it's it's like a become a practice of mm -hmm. less being more. So yeah. sometimes that idea of, you know, doing less and it taking more time ends up flipping the scale a little bit in a positive way because it helps us slow down.
A hundred percent. I I love the concept of slowing down. Ultimately, will ten x everything in your life. I'm I, I'm in reading uh, essentialism, uh, the discipline pursuit of less. I can't wait to get to uh, the next one, effortless. <laughs> I mean, it's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, so thank you. Yeah. So number one, embracing the ability to change our state. Yeah. Number and and, okay. and 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 going with that, you put a little dash there, and it's like choosing to play full out because that's what you're saying. You're you're saying yes to life when you're doing that, from my perspective, and we're choosing that we're going to change our state. And the way that we do that is we play full out with life, and we explore and we experiment. And mm -hmm. again, like I said before, it might be as simple as going for a walk just to change your headspace, but it also might be like a deeper experience of these these agreements we have with ourselves, And th there's a story I wrote about in the book about uh, we were playing a death metal festival in Germany a number of years ago. And we didn't really know why we were there. We felt really out of place. And we were actually playing the same festival that Slayer was playing. Hmm. <laughs> we're, we were not like a death metal band by any means. And so we felt out of place, wondered why we were there. And we didn't really feel up to the show because we thought we were gonna get booed bottles thrown at us. We didn't really know what was going to happen, but we still chose to play full out, even though there was only like 10 kids underneath this 3000 cap tent that we were playing when we started. And the irony there is as we started playing, the rain came down and everyone started flooding in from all over the festival because we were playing the only stage with a tent. <laughs> so by the time we finished our first song, it went from like 10 people to 3000 and the energy was electric. I think it has a lot to, like that. I'm not saying that our choice created that experience. I think we were, we were rewarded maybe by the rock gods to, to choose to play full out regardless of the experience. But in doing that, you're kind of tapping into the internal decisions that we make and how we show up every day for life. So while it, it changes our state. It also comes down to how we're choosing to play full out. And the little kicker on that story was that after we finished the set, as if on cue, the rain stopped. Of course, it and did. and then everybody <laughs> left. And I and then I walked I walked out from behind the stage with my guitar, my pedal board. I saw a bunch of people that were looking up at the sky from behind the stage, and I wonder what they were looking at. So I walked down the ramp, I looked up and there was this massive double rainbow over the entire death metal festival, hmm. which is such an awesome oxymoron. And, <laughs> and for me, it was such a beautiful reminder that, you know, we embrace this ability to, to choose to play full out. And, and that can be in the frame of reference of changing our state moment to moment, because again, each moment presents a new stage to show up for, you know, show up, so the universe can meet you show up so god can meet you right like it, it and it's it isn't that interesting coincidence not really you know so i i love those moments where it's like we as humans try to question ourselves and question like well why are we doing this and is this really important and should i be doing this and should i be doing that we could just accept and receive the opportunity which is what exactly what you guys did and you showed up and it was like, and, and by playing full out, it's like, no, we're going to just do what we always do, do. And we're doing it in a setting that we hadn't anticipated. All right. There might be some reason for being here, but we'll just do it anyways. Boom. Yeah. And then like the powers that be shift things. And so it's, you know, 
I think that that's what the dance the dance is about. It's like, no, you have to be up and out and playing in life um, so it can meet you there. And otherwise, you know, we're trying to control all the time the variables and the details. And like, that's us making things a lot harder than they have to be when we could just show up, <laughs> you know? So, right. Um, all right. Number two. What so, would, oh, so, oh, go ahead. So number two, that leaves, that leads perfectly to number Perfect. two. And number two is about reframing failure. Mm. And the story that I like to share in regards to reframing failure was back in 2015, we were on our first bus tour ever. We were amped. We'd been working so hard at that point. We'd been a band for over a decade, had never done a bus tour, only dreamed about it. We finally started making headway on YouTube. We had the funds, at least on paper, to pay for a bus. We shared it with another band to be more cost effective. And we were traveling around Europe, had been doing it for about a month when we rolled up to Stuttgart, Germany for a sold out show. It was awesome, super fun show. But when we got back to the bus, um, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. So we just treated it like a normal show and just, you know, we had some drinks and chilled out and waited for our bus driver to wake up because he was sleeping in the front cab in preparation to drive us to Prague the next day um, for the biggest show of the whole tour. And two o'clock rolls around, he doesn't show up. We don't know where he is. We get a little worried. We start banging on the door eventually we find out he's not there. So we spread out and start running around three o'clock in the morning, Stuttgart, Germany, checking, you know, local bars, hospitals, alleyways, just didn't know where the guy was. And we get back to the bus and we're trying to brainstorm, like what could have happened? We filed a, a, a mercy, excuse my language. We filed a missing persons report on him. And then our friends who we were sharing a bus with, they came down from this this upper deck because a lot of the buses in Europe have two levels mm -hmm. and they came down holding their money envelope and they were like, yo guys, you should check your money bag because ours is just empty. Mm -hmm. And we were like, no way, bro. That's where you guys must've just misplaced it. So my tour manager at the time, Rich, he goes over to his, his case that he keeps our money in and opens it up. And there was a yellow case that had previously held $20,000 in it. And it was just wiped clean. And we were like, shit, he just must have swiped the cash, hopped on a train and maybe who knows what country he's in now, but he left us stranded on the side of the road in Germany. And at that point, we were hoping for a, a solid payout, like the first good tour payout we'd ever had. And then that just got completely wiped because you know we were barely able to cover the cost of the bus. And it was a ma major league bummer to just have that learning experience. But the reason it's a learning experience is because we had to reframe the failure. We couldn't sit there for too long and wallow in our sorrow. We had to take action, find another bus company because there was a whole bunch of other stuff that had to do with how they contracted him and he wasn't actually a part of the company. And so we took action and we just had to learn that from then on, we had to wire and make sure that we wired and didn't keep a ton of cash on us when we made it through selling t-shirts and CDs and stuff. So we would make more frequent bank deposits so that this way we didn't have that much money on us at any one time. So we had to reframe that failure to learn from it. Mm -hmm. And that experience was a, a low for sure. And one that it hurt for a while, it still hurts because we never caught the guy, but we reframed it and we vetted a lot more. We vetted our drivers 
better. Were we perfect? No, we still had some weird drivers, but did they rob us of $20,000? No. And, uh, and we, we reframed that failure as an opportunity to become better. And that's just one story, of course. Everyone's got their own stories. We all do of how we can reframe the experience that we're having that might appear like we have failed. But really, we all know if we, if we um, don't quit, then technically we never fail. Right. So, so if we just keep going and reframe these things so that we learn, it empowers us and helps us to be better in the long run. So that's why number two in becoming, you know, the rock star of your own life is to reframe whatever failure is in your way because it's not really a failure. It's just a learning experience. We all want mastery and we all think mastery is like, oh, well, I'll just do this thing every single day for like, you know, however many years and I'll be a master at it. I'm like, mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> you know, like we, uh, I was writing a, um, a, a, so a post that's coming up soon, but about like, we find our life in the contrast. When something else happens um, counter to, you know, what we want to experience, but is a key driver to becoming the next level of where we are going, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, you might not have thought about finances, in your case, finances differently, like, oh, well, why don't we work on wire, which will set up our bank accounts this way. Here's how we're gonna vet the drivers doing it this way. Now we'll have more efficient drivers in the future for this, this, and this that are also trustworthy. Now when we do the vet, now when we do the, the wire transfers, it's also a greater way to like keep track of the money in a different capacity and being more responsible with it and managing it. Like, it leads to, the greater, you know, 30,000 foot view. Um, and we don't sometimes get, we don't challenge ourselves enough. And if we don't challenge ourselves enough, oh, there will be a challenge to, to, to give us a like, are you paying attention? <laughs> you know, I would like for you to reconsider this thing over here that maybe you weren't giving enough good energy towards. And mm. I need you to start giving it extra energy so it can multiply, right? And so we, it, is it even like to your point, it's not really a failure. Is it really a subtraction of the money? No, it's actually probably a multiplication of it. But in order to move into that energy, you're like, oh, we shouldn't have done it this way. There's got to be a better way. We have to change our approach. So it's like we find our life in the contrast, like, right? You know, the failure, reframing the failure is so perfectly well put because, you know, it was a valuable, expensive lesson, but it's also, it's like, it's funny, but I, the more expensive the lesson, the more greater the return, right? Yeah. So. Great yeah, point, great there, point. There we are. There, I'm just writing the book in real time. You know, I am writing it, by the way, since we talked, since we talked, I'm finally, I, every Thursday I sit down, I write, got all the chapters going on right now. It's very interesting. I love, by the way, in your book, before we get on to number three, uh, you, I love the way you do the, um, uh, the the con the table of contents and like all the different uh, chapters are like what's cool is are like one liners which is like my favorite I like doing like one liners or like contrarian ideas like all my chapters are like contrarian ideas that make you go oh damn it <laughs> you know and you're like so like it already hits you like a headline you know what I mean I think that's probably the psychology of writing like it hits you like a headline like oh man yeah all right let's read this <laughs> you know? I love it I love yeah. It. yeah that's kind of why I did it that way is because I also enjoy those type of titles <laughs> right right so. So, okay, so we've got, so number two, you know, was um, reframing the failure. Uh, number three. Number three is to think more about how you want to feel yes. rather than how you want to look. Oof. 
And this one was a was a big one for me to learn. And really, I think is at the heart of becoming, you know, the rock star, the champion, however you want to look at it, of your own life. Because when we were on tour, I would at first I would visualize the show and how I wanted it to look. Sometimes we would have played a venue before so I could visualize the actual stage. But even if I had played there before, the show was always different, no matter what. And I started learning over years of like, well, I'm, I'm kind of letting myself down thinking the situation is going to look a certain way. And, and so the more and more that I learned about myself and experienced law of attraction and self-reflection, meditation, yoga, I started visualizing more so how I wanted to feel and not even during. I started, or at least I found it more potent to think about how I wanted to feel after having taken the stage. And that was feeling euphoric, connected, that sense of oneness, inspired. And, and so I started sitting with those feelings in my meditations rather than trying to visualize how exactly this event was going to look. Mm. And then when I did that, I just noticed it had a profound effect on, on me, but also on the people that were there because the means all of a sudden didn't become as important. I was thinking more about what I wanted to feel like. So then the situation was aligning to create that. And then I noticed I was more confident. I felt more connected with people. People were looking me in the eyes and screaming the lyrics and this this whole experience got elevated and heightened. And I found it really, really powerful, not just for you know playing on stage, but for life. And there was one other funny experience where I planned two of my friends' bachelor parties in Vegas. And they're both totally different people. And I wanted to make the experience curated towards who they were. And I didn't necessarily know what it was going to look like. And I planned some stuff, but other stuff I just left to, you know, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But I thought about how I wanted to feel afterwards. And I even visualized myself giving like a legit fist pump to myself driving away from Vegas in my car and feeling super grateful and excited. And like I killed it as the best man. And both times it worked and they were completely different experiences, but I fully surrendered to what it needed to look like or be like and then that experience selfishly for me was created but when we're selfish about that stuff it's not us being actually selfish i think it's actually selfless because it helps us to then create a better experience for other people with other people mm. and we're just using our own experience as kind of the focus point to do that and if we're focused more on how we want to look or how we want a situation to look, then I think we set ourselves up to just feel down and to feel let down and, and then to just be bummed out when stuff doesn't meet our expectations. That's why. Right. And, and like the world is, has infinite possibilities. So to think that, you know, exactly the way that, that you want to look, or you want the world to look, it's just a little bit naive to what's possible. And I want to be a representation of what's possible. And so that's why I really feel this is important to embrace and to think more about how you personally want to feel rather than how you want to look, because you can enter into a whole new way of living and existing 
where you impact people and you connect and you feel euphoric in the process. And to me, that's really being a rock star of your own life. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. I mean, you're, you're talking about control issues, attachment issues, expectation issues, surrendering, letting go of control, <laughs> you know, all of these like sure. amazing things. But you're, I 100% agree with you. When we want to control how something looks, we are controlling. We're trying to control. And isn't it funny that in our humanness, we like reduce the infinite possibilities into a very finite like box. <laughs> it just cracks me up when I like think about, I'm like, you know, I'm very spiritual and I'm very expansive and all these things. And I'm like, it's funny when I find myself my own, like, oh, wow, this is an area where I'm trying to control. You have to let it go, brother. You have to let it go. And those conversations with ourselves are paramount to, you know, literally just like tapping and be like, what's this about? What's going mm -hmm. on? Like, first of all, like, let, let's, let, let's, let's clear that out first. And then it's exactly what you're saying. Like, what do you want? Like, really, what do you want to, how do you really want to feel? And when you can calm the nervous system and allow, you know, the feeling, and even um, in some cases it's writing. I was actually just recently um, reading about the, why talking is so powerful. Not, it doesn't have to be to anybody, just to yourself out loud, what's actually happening between the, the neurological kind of component between speaking and your thoughts and that speaking actually brings clarity mm -hmm. um because if we're just thinking it and writing it you know yeah we can feel it but speaking it also like brings out a whole new level of clarity and the the author gives an example like you ever like feel it in your head and you can say it kind of in your head and then all of a sudden you try speaking it out and you're kind of like wavering a little bit <laughs> and you're a little bit all over the place so like it's okay use that to get clear and clear and clear um, but like the infinite possibility of like speaking out that into, you know, existence, but, um, I mean, it's a slightly different thing, but yeah, it's the idea though, just like the letting go, the surrendering, as you said, like getting into the feeling, anything that helps us get into the feeling allows us to like move away from the controlling of this is how I'd like it to go. It's like, but what if it's even better? <laughs> you know, like what if it's completely better than like this thing that I've created right here? Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I love that. Um, how do you, how you feel, uh, how do you want to feel versus how do you want to look? Right. No, no right. Way. Well, I also just to kind of Keep continue on with your, with your thought process there, I really do feel like surrendering gets a bad rep mm. as something that's passive. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Right. And, and so the more that we practice this, I think the more that it really becomes an action. Yeah. Right. And, and, and like maybe the visualization of skydiving or falling out of a plane would be really good because, you know, there's a lot of initial trust that has to happen. But even if you're falling and again, I, I, I haven't actually skydived before, but I was having a conversation with a brother of mine um, a few weeks back and he had been going on tons of jumps to become certified. And he was saying that when he's falling, he's been having to learn how to adjust himself or else he can go into these like death spins mm -hmm. or just not control himself. So while you're falling, like the biggest act of surrender we could possibly do, we're still having to surrender to what is by actively kind of being present to continuously surrender. Yeah. And, and for me, it just reminds me that it's active and it's a continuous process of surrendering, releasing attachment, exactly kind of what you were saying. And it's just really, really important because, you know, 
and this is segueing perfectly into number four, if you just want to roll with it, um, but into like this idea of control, because we don't actually control anything. Right. <laughs> Except I would say the only thing we control are our own choices. Yeah. That's it. And, and, and that is it. And that leads into number four of becoming the rock star of your own life. And to me, that is the, the way I look at it is three C's is how, is how I personally remember it. And it's connect, create, and contribute. And so when we connect, what are we connecting with? Well, the one thing that we actually control, you know, our choices is, is to choosing to breathe at like the most basic level you can possibly imagine. And so connecting with our breath first, it, it helps us so that then we can connect with other people. And when we connect, we then empower ourselves to be more present and other people will feel better in our presence because we're more connected with who we are since everything's related. So these three C's, the, the, the first one to me is like the main one where it's just, you know, you're creating this connection, right? So connect. But then from there, we create. And when we create, we're freeing up energy. We're expressing ourselves, tapping into our voice. We're, you know, you think about a guitarist on stage rocking in a solo, full expression status. Um, or think about anyone, you know, someone running or someone, maybe it's like speaking to somebody on a podcast too. You're, you're creating something to then the third C is contribute to the world. So if you really want to embrace that rock star energy in no matter what stage you're entering into, find a way to connect. I would recommend the breath if you don't know where to start. Then work on connecting with other people. From there, create something. And then finally, contribute it to the world. Give it. Share it. It feels so damn good when we do that. And it helps us get out of our own way. So that's that's in a nutshell, the three C's and how I kind of like to compartmentalize them in my mind so I can remember them. Um, but I think that it really helps us to embrace whatever's coming our way, remembering that, you know, we might not have control over anything, but in the most sim simplified way, we have control over our choices. And one of those is our choice to breathe and to breathe intentionally so that we stay connected and can come from a place of groundedness while we create and contribute to the world. I was reading in Essentialism, um, what problems do you want to have? Mm. Not that, you know, we want to have problems. That wasn't the, the point. It was that, to your exact point, when we make better choices, where is it that we are, you know, our energy is going? And we're still going to have things come up. What kind of things would you rather have come up? Meaning like if I'm making better decisions over here and I'm in alignment with what I'm doing, I'm connected, I'm creating, I'm contributing. Oh, well, these problems are going to come up. You're like, oh yeah, well, no problem. I'm, I'm more fit to, to handle them versus the chaos of problems that you don't really need to have, but you might just have been kind of playing in that arena for no reason right so what mm. problems do you want to have <laughs> it's a different way of like a contrarian kind of statement whatever um uh to back up i do like when you were talking about surrender as a positive it's actually a very active word um i think it's because you know surrender when you were talking about like war and like you know you know forgoing self and giving over to the other side and all this other stuff it's like no but like 
surrender is like, I mean, how else are you going to have a walk in faith and trust in yourself, you know, um, and, um, and let go of all of these things that are constantly weighing you down that are also kind of your own blocks in a lot of ways. Like you're, you're blocking yourself from so many mm -hmm. things that are like, Hey, I'm trying to come in. Like this is for you. You're attached to this and it does not jive well with this over here. What are you going to do? You're going to have to let it go. And so to your point on the three C's for me, what I, I, I like about them is that the connecting, um, there's uh, several ways I connect with myself. And, uh, one of them is actually, uh, with, uh, breath. And I, I've been doing lately, a very close friend of mine taught me uh, the heart coherence. I think it's either called heart coherence or heart resonance. It's uh, five seconds in through the nose, five seconds out through the mouth for five minutes straight. Um, and connect, so it connects the, the mind and the heart, especially if <laughs> we're spiraling out of control <laughs> with the mind at any given point. But it's great for the mornings, but you could do it any time of the day. But yeah, I, I like the idea of um, when we, you know, that constant connection to myself gives me a better uh footing for how i'm actually operating within the world um and uh i'm taking everything less personally and i'm in more of creativity contribution and receptivity you know so not to throw the r in there at the end but <laughs> but, but you know i love it i love it but but you're but you're right because when you're contributing like from a place of like oh if 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 i'm connected to myself I'm creating from that life force energy that I'm now bringing to the world and giving it out to the world. I'm contributing. Well, yeah, that's going to bring you a lot of opportunities and a lot of um, what's for you that's trying to get in because you're like, no, I'm just moving within intention and, you know, uh, and purpose. It's just mm. going to happen. It's just naturally going to happen, you know, um, while not being distracted <laughs> by all the things that are like, hang on a second, I want to just test you real quick, you know. You're um, said than done, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When, you know, kind of back to the, the top of the hour with, you know, what you were saying, I mean, um, that, you know, when we're used to an identity or used to certain things, you know, that, you know, they don't feel bad. They don't feel good. It, it just, it was just something that, you know, we was good for a long time, but it's no longer our thing or it's just, it's, it's, it's needing to kind of move on, you mm. know, um, that in itself is a, is, is a different energy than the new energy that you would like the infinite possibilities because it's all new and everything is like, you know, fresh and it feels right, you know, but the, we, we, like you said, like there could be the ups and downs and it's not really that it's a down. It's just a like, different you're like all right this is new i don't know how it feels yet <laughs> yeah. hey fam quick break from the show just to let you know i'm doing a bit more writing on my weekly letter it's called permissionless i talk about all things health wealth happiness and personal fulfillment as many of you may know writing is my passion i love connecting with all of you on that i would love to see you go subscribe mattgoddessman.substack.com subscribe if you haven't already and also please remember to leave a rating and review for this podcast on apple or spotify as it really helps spread the mission even further and as the ratings and reviews go up even more people can learn about what we're doing over here and i really appreciate that and of course if there's someone you think that might be a good fit for coming on the show you can always dm me on instagram as i always tell you guys dm me at matt gosman you can tag them in the message and i'll be able to look at them and try to connect and i truly love you guys i just want to say thank you as always please continue to support the show by connecting in all the other ways and now let's get back to it
So connect, create, and contribute. Number four, love it. And 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 so kind of to elaborate a little bit more because I love yeah. what you said. Life, like the life energies, life force, yeah, spirit, nature, God, whatever we want to call it. Of course, it exists in us as it exists outside of us, mm-hmm. and tapping into this connection with ourselves, like you said, it helps us to create. And what was fascinating about researching for this book was this idea of what presence actually is. Mm. And what I found was that the definition of presence, it's just the ability to be present and more simplified, just the ability to be in any situation. And so I think about that from a place of, hey, Am I connected to where I'm at? Am I connected to myself, the environment? Because the more that I am through my breath or through my practices, the more I feel confident and able to create from. And and that's what I really discovered presence actually was, was this awareness, this ability to create confidence, which is really what I think is the byproduct of these three C's, is we create that illusion of of being confident no matter where we're at because we're connected, we're creating and we're contributing. And it all comes back to just our ability to tap into um, the life force that is not just in us. That's just, it's everywhere. And think about, you know, if you looked at a mountain range, like in Arizona, right? You have like beautiful mountains and rocks everywhere when you drive out into the desert and super epic, but that has a presence. And and to think that we don't have something similar within us, I think it dilutes our our life experience down. So to think that presence needs to be this thing that just emanates from us, it's it's not embracing the true idea, I believe, of what presence really is. And that's beauty and everything around us because everything has a presence, but it's about having awareness of it. And the awareness is kind of the deeper conversation about what is consciousness, right? And I'm sure we could do a whole podcast about that. Round if, three. Right? <laughs> Round three. If we think about consciousness, like it, like when I was doing the book, I, I interviewed Scott Page, uh, the guitar player and saxophonist for Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. And he was he had this beautiful answer about what he looked at as as stage presence and he was just saying you know it's it's consciousness and it's it's connection with your higher power and your ability to to be aware of being aware and and that to him was what consciousness and presence really was and i just thought it was so elegantly put and so beautiful because that is our ability to perceive presence all around us and within us is our awareness of it and getting really hippie with it the awareness of the awareness of it which is where we start, start getting all i'm sorts aware of-, of my awareness <laughs> but coming from coming from scott who's in, who's in pink floyd for a while um i just thought it was very fitting because um well yeah of course, right? <laughs> it's pink floyd oh, yeah yeah, it was super cool. And uh, yeah, so I, I just wanted to to add a little bit there just because the idea of presence being just something that some people have or just that we have isn't necessarily true from what I've researched. It seems it's more just this emanating essence of a higher power that we're aware of. And that is within as much as it is all around. And we have the ability to tap into it when we focus on connecting with ourselves, like you were saying creating and contributing to the world you know um i i i spend a good amount of time with connection 
self-awareness, reflection, feeling very present. And on occasion, and I had this yesterday, I love when you get the hyper presence. I don't know how to explain it, but I know you will get it. And I'm hoping that the audience gets it where everything in exact moment, there's no future, there's no past. Everything is the calmest. It could be where everything feels exactly in its place and your mind is completely clear. Like there isn't any distraction in that moment. It's like the universe paused mm. and you're just in this like, everything feels right. For whatever moment, you know, it, it takes a minute. Like I had to actually go out to dinner. So <laughs> I only had it for a few minutes, but I'm like this. And you know, it comes ever so often where it's the, 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 like a hyper, hyper presence where everything is just is. It just is. And you're like, this is nice. <laughs> this is very like, you know, um, and so I can see why working more and more on, on that level of, of connectivity. Um, yeah. It kind of reminds me of surrendering because it's really peace. Is, it is, is what I it's feel peace. when you're sharing that. It's peace. It's peace. With what is, right? Pe Let me tell you something. If that were a drug, to me, peace is a drug. <laughs> like, I'm addicted. Like, <laughs> seriously, the most, you know, and I, I've been spending a lot of time lately, like, especially since uh, out here in Arizona, the weather has been, I mean, amazing this whole summer in the clouds. And I'm like looking around at everything all the time. And I'm like, why worry about anything like when like in any given moment like you just be like there's there's like this this um, you can be in that feeling like you were talking about earlier and like and be so present and it's just interesting when you like think about like we really spend a lot of time we can spend a lot of time worrying about all the things in the in the world external world that we're trying to and i get it i think that's the human in us and the drive of like you know i want to be responsible i want to build i want to create i want all these things but again back to that dance of like it doesn't have to be as hard it has mm. to, and if it comes from a very connected creative contributing place with your three c's and a surrendered place of like i'm just going to show up you know and um and be <laughs> and then suddenly you go am I making this life harder? And it's like, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. That's what we do, you know, versus the alternative of like, imagine how much more we, we gain and expand from letting go, right? And it, like, again, like there's so much in the contrast. It's like the idea of letting go gets you more, you know, yeah. so. Right, and, and how we practice a lot of times is how it's we are, it's all right? So, so it, it is, it's all a practice. I was just in, um, so before I did my book tour, I was in Berlin for a week and a half doing um, Astrala yoga training, which is this style of yoga I like a lot because it's not about posing, it's about moving. And I think we touched on it briefly on the last episode that we did. But just to recap, it's essentially the philosophy of Tai Chi and Qigong applied to yoga movements. So it's about moving your body and learning how to move in healthy ways that feel good for you. Hmm. And I learned a lot of the stuff we were just talking about from practicing, being easy on myself and with myself. And my life started to act a little bit more accordingly. Not saying that life is this easy thing, you know, I'm, and I would never claim to like know anything about life because we're, we're all here experiencing it. But when we practice how we want to live, something transforms. Yeah. And, and everything. when we, yeah, <laughs> everything. And so I, I realized when I got into yoga at first was that I was practicing this really stiff, intense style of yoga. And then ironically, I was frustrated, pissed off and tense 
outside of my practice. <laughs> and I would be on tour pissed off at my bandmates if I didn't get my full 90 minutes of yoga flow in. <laughs> and it was just very counter counter um, objective, if that's a word. I don't know. It's like, I wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to feel good in my body and not be more stressed and aggravated and, and whatnot. So when I discovered this kind of yoga, it really changed my life. And being back in Berlin after, you know, not having taken a yoga class in person with anyone for like three years, it was, it was such a beautiful remembrance of like, yo, how we practice doesn't matter if it's yoga or if it's riding a bike or writing in your journal, like we hold tension in our shoulders when we're writing sometimes, or we're doing the dishes and we're like tightening our butt cheeks for some reason. And we don't know why. Like, it's like, okay, let's, whatever we're doing, let's make it a practice of how we want to live. And, and just asking that, that easy question of just like, you know, how is what I'm doing reflecting in how I actually want to live? Because a lot of times we're going on autopilot you know, I'll be journaling, holding my pen super tight and be like, okay, just breathe and relax. And then it comes a lot more fluid or I'll be tense and like playing the guitar and my hands cramping up because I'm like trying to make sure the chord is the right chord and I'm not relaxing into it and I'm not allowing ease to come into my experience. And it's just that classic old quote about how we do one thing is how we do everything. And, and it just relates to this. I feel so much because if we want ease, Let's just make it a practice and see where we can let go a little bit more, kind of bringing it back to that surrendering idea we've been talking about, really honing in on as if every practice that we do is a mirror into how we live. I was, it's, I love that you brought up practice. And I, I was just interviewed on a podcast yesterday and said, the practice is the win. <laughs> and I'm like we're, we're playing this game thinking that there's a, you know, a destination, which to me is death because, um, Every time you get to somewhere new, if you're still alive, you got to keep going. <laughs> you know, but the practice is the win because that's where we are in the creativity. Like that's where we're actually like from the practice, we're figuring out the thing, we're we're honing it, we're we're crafting it, we're understanding it, we're moving with it, we're you know learning it, listening, feeling like all of these things. In without it, we've got nothing. You know, we, the practice like is everything. Right. And, and it, it actually is. Um, and it, and it, it's, it's, if we truly love our talents and our skills and even the untapped things that we are just now learning, the ultimate respect is practicing because then we learn new depths and levels of it. And I think that, you know, to personally connect, you know, been a writer for many, many years and publicly for eight and I've always thought, I'm really good. I love it. But it wasn't until, it still had humility, but it wasn't until recently where I went back to become a student again within it that I started learning so many new layers to it and then practicing it that it's actually increasing my output and my delivery and my overall thought process. And I'm like, honor mm. and respect your talents and your skills, honor and respect your the things that you feel called to do and embrace the practice of them. You know, let it take time, let it cultivate, let who you become through it happen while practicing and doing it, you know. So it's an interesting uh I, I love the word, you know. And and then it also takes off this this pressure. Like I think everybody like, you know, no, I, I want to be it right away. And you're like, mm. but the practice is the win. 
Like if you're it right away, then like, what are you? Who are right. you? Right. But the practice is like who we are. So that's just getting maybe a little too zen. But <laughs> too no, I'm here for it, bro. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. All right. So we can move. Let, what's what's number five? What's the so number five? Real simple, real to the point. Just have fun. Yeah. And and <laughs> the reason that is number five is because I think we forget yes. a lot of times to enjoy life. Sure. And and if we want to connect with people, we want to make an impact. We want to do all the things we've been talking about, right? Like reframing our failure. We want to play full out, choose to change our state. We want to do all these things like focus more on how we want to feel. It becomes more effective when we're focused on having fun because joy is a necessary part of having an elevated human experience. And when we do it, people naturally want to be around us. And they naturally ask the question, what does this person have that I don't have? And to me, that comes back to what stage presence is. If somebody is enjoying what they're doing, enjoying their life, loving their experience, then it's going to be infectious. And you're going to create this vortex that people are going to be drawn to because you're just in love with being you and in love with being alive. And I think that's so necessary as we move into an era with just more tech, more information, more all the stuff that we need to remember that this experience we have here, you know, we're supposed to enjoy it. Like we're supposed to be in joy and enjoy it. And that's just really important if you want to really be the rock star of your life is to embrace the experience and be here, you know, be right now, smile. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to cry the happy tears or the sad ones or whatever, and just be in joy as much as you possibly can. Because, you know, we're not promised anything. We're here for a moment and then it's gone. We have a moment, then it's gone. And the fact that we are here is a miracle in its own right. So, you know, why wouldn't we enjoy it? It's almost like we're we're diluting the life experience if we're not enjoying the process while we're here. Not saying it doesn't have ups and downs. Of course it does. That's part of it. But no one said we can't enjoy it. And that makes it really important. Um, if you really want to harness your stage presence for every single moment of your life uh, to radiate joy as best you can. I never thought about the word. I mean, I have, but not like in this term, um, E-N-J-O-Y, enjoy, in yeah. joy. I never yeah. really thought about, you know, like that. Um, but it's true, like to to be in joy, to actually have, you know, that um, overall uh peace that comes with like feeling joy from doing something you know or in that moment or being in that moment or um recognizing the you know how we feel in any given moment and uh um and i also i like the fact that you know you were bringing up um doesn't mean that everything is always that way you know i i always say um it doesn't get easier we just get better <laughs> that's not my phrase somebody was like some of these famous phrases like we don't get it doesn't get easier we just get better which inevitably makes things feel easier in a mm. way. I mean, meaning like, you know, um, because as you get older, there's different things that come up like that you didn't really deal with as a child or as a teenager, or even in college. But if you're really committed to the practice and connecting and doing all the things and joy, like things get um, uh, better, like you just get better at everything period and so like 
your mindset about what is actually happening is completely reframed. So you're not necessarily in it the way I remember, like, you know, when you're a teenager and something happens, you think it's like the end of your life. <laughs> now, now you can go through things. You're like, that actually could have been the end of my life. <laughs> it's a different, I mean, a current thing versus, you know, when you're a, when you're a teenager, right? So it's an interesting um, uh, just observation, whatever, if you will. But um, I like that, you know, we forget to have fun. I know that when I went through a radical life transformation starting in 2014, I went into the hustle grind mode for two and a half years straight, 4.35 a.m. to 10 p.m. every night, two and a half years straight, and no one can get me out of it, you know, until I was told to take a vacation. I was like, yeah, no, I'll take one coming soon. And they're like, no, like, we're asking you to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay. We... I was running with a little bit of a chip, you know, on my shoulder. It got me in the game, but it will only get you so far. Mm. Um, and until you realize, like, no, like, you know, the chip is also a block at some point, you know. So um, it'll get you far, but it won't get you there, there, right? And um, once I started incorporating, like, decisions around my life, not trying to run a race with the external and actually have, like I need to have more fun. Mm -hmm. And I remember over the last few years, um, that's what really started to change was I'm like, I need to start incorporating more fun. Cause like, I remember growing up just like so lighthearted and most of my, my inner circle knows like I joke a lot. Like I'm actually, I get joke a lot. Like I'm just very, I laugh all the time, but you know, for a while, I think to the external world, it just seemed like just businessy, just like, you know, he's doing these things. He's, you know, building these empires, which I don't even like that word. I, I, I like the word kingdom. Uh, you know, all these things. It's so interesting how, um, yeah, because we can get so focused, which is great. But I think the focus on ourselves to make sure that like we are becoming who we are becoming in the process and actually having fun and joy mm. in our lives. Otherwise, what are we doing it all for? We are missing the whole picture. And all we're doing is like racing to the next mile post. And then like you wake up and you're like, I got all these mile posts but I would like to have some fun, you know? <laughs> and so now it's like that balance of like, you know, um, not burning out. Um, but again, essential, can you give up the trivial many for the vital few to create a life of joy and, you know, expansion with your, from your highest, um, you talk about contribution, uh, um, your highest point of contribution is what that, that book talks about. So, you know, um, I love that you incorporated joy uh, because if we're not having fun, we're missing the entire like grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, we're forgetting in a way. I feel like too, if anyone's listening, cause you know, I've fallen into the trap many times, right. You know, being in a band for so many years, you take promos and no one smiles and the whole facade is just like be super serious. And that's the image. And, and that's fine. I just, started feeling that in my everyday life and mm. not until recently i took this course um with a friend of mine named stephen harms he's a vocal coach who's worked with um disney stars as well as he's a professional opera singer for like the last like 20 years and he he had such a cool approach towards singing one of the main things he had us do when we first started was just to smile mm-hmm and at first I was like, okay, this is like, what, you know, okay, fine. And we're on these hour and a half calls 
and everyone's, you know, like required, of course you don't have to, but like, he'll call you out if you're not smiling. And so for like 90 minutes, I'd be like smiling. Right. And <laughs> at, at first it, you know, it feels super staged and fake, but after a few weeks of doing it, it started, you know, not being a super cheesy smile that might weird people out if you're staring at them and smiling, but it turns into kind of a resting smile. Mm. And I just noticed that I started feeling lighter and I started feeling happier and I was laughing more randomly and I was in joy more. And his whole theory behind the voice is that when you laugh and that, that vibration you emit when you laugh and are happy and enjoy is actually like the vibration that people are impacted by. Mm. So his whole approach to singing was awesome because it was more like Mr. Miyagi than anything we were doing stuff like just wild stuff that was out there for almost seven weeks before we even sang and then when we went to sing it was a totally game-changing experience because i was coming from more of a joyful place in my life Mm -hmm. and and so if anyone's listening and feeling you know like i can't smile because like you know macho people or serious people don't smile or life's hard so i'm not going to smile it's totally fine but i challenge you to even set a timer for a few minutes a day just to keep a smile on your face because you're going to notice your facial muscles will start to be sore and then you'll yawn more. The way I look at that is your brain's taking in more oxygen because you're creating more neural pathways of like, well, wait, he's acting happy. Maybe he is happy. And, and if you do this consistently enough, and I have, which is why I feel confident speaking on it, it makes you feel lighter and more joyous and just happier in general, whether you want to share your voice through singing or through just conversation or maybe through art or whatever means you want to. Like, again, like we said, when you're in this experience of excitement, joy, happiness, you become more of an attractor to those synchronistic experiences in life. And you start to do things that people are wondering, like, like, wait, how did he do that so easily? And it's because you're, being more comfortable, happy, joyous with who you are. So I just wanted to share that because if anyone's feeling like they can't smile, um, I at least want to, on behalf of both of us, I want to give everyone permission that they can smile, that they can laugh, they can be in joy if they so choose. A hundred percent. You know, I was told a long time ago, a really cool tactic um, that became paramount in everything I do. Um, When you write, write with a smile. And it was a game changer. It was before I was in, uh, since I've always been around digital, and it was, um, I forget which author, I mean, maybe it was like a Tim Ferriss type folk or something like that. But um, when I went to MBA school, basically all of my classmates would have me do their emails. Um, I can get, like, you're going to get it open. The email's going to open. The email's going to open, and you're going to get your foot in the door to talk to the person. And they're like, how do you do it every single time? I should have charged for it is what I, <laughs> you know, at the time. But like, you know, I'm like, I'm hooking them up. Like, how do you do it? I was like, well, no, first and foremost, I'm writing it with a smile so they can feel my energy through it already automatically. Second, wow. and then I was like, second, what was happening was I'm like, you can't, you're not here to act like you're wanting something. I'm like, but you have to reverse it. I was like, when you're happy and you're smiling, like instead what I would do is I'd say, hi, so-and-so, I know that you do this job here at this company. I'd actually love an opportunity to talk to you about your experiences. How do you feel about you know what you've been doing? What's that journey been like? All these things, right? Basically, I'm putting them on the platform. 
like what do you you know I, you know i've been looking at a lot of different companies and i'm just really curious about like what the culture is like and what you know people who who you know how they've been you know growing in their own you know being like all these things whatever hundred like i think it was like 99 percent of the time i'd get emails back and so i started telling all of the this is how i knew i was a copywriter <laughs> like i mean they were just like oh my god it like worked and then like you get and then i was like next thing is you get them on the phone listen with a smile and like okay mm -hmm. i'm like genuinely be interested and ask them questions by the end every single time they'd be like i'm so sorry matt i've been like talking like your ear off what can i do for you and i'm like oh no this is this is perfect this is what i wanted to know i mean like i am looking you know i was looking into digital um i know it's new departments are propping up on all these different companies because everybody's trying to figure out digitally like you know what I know exactly who you should talk to <laughs> every single time. It was like, you know, and I, and I, but I, but I meant it. You have to mean it too, but it was right with a smile. Listen with a smile, like smile, mm -hmm. you know, um, like as if you want to be there. If in the moment you are just present and, you know, it's, of course you want something, of course, whether for some people it's the job or you want a response from, you know, for whatever it is that you, you're needing or whatever, of course. But when you go into it with like a smile and kind of like a natural, curious, like, oh, I'm, I'm wanting to learn if this is right for me. I'm wanting to know more about this thing. You, to your point, with that joy comes that ease, you know. And so, yeah, so right with a smile. Anybody out there, if you need help with copywriting, that's what you got to do right there. Boom, right with a smile. Go. It's done. It's done. It's a wrap. <laughs> you know, even when I do my posts, like I'm writing always with like, you know, I'm writing with a smile or like, you know, that, that, that connection, you know, that, that breath. So, uh, mm. these are, so these are good, man. These are five. I mean, these are five fire All right. homework assignment for everybody listening. You have to write each of these five out. You have to report them back to both of us. You have to DM both of us. And I want, actually, I want you to, I want you to do a screenshot of all five things, reflections. You have to do it for at least seven, 14 days, you know, pick you guys pick, you got to DM us uh a photo i wonder if anybody will do this but you know might as well put it out there into the into the universe to see if anybody yeah, actually does it. it you know um i mean we're not we're, we're almost done but like what where do people find you online by the way um you can find me on instagram at woody woodrow or you can check out um either of my websites just alexwoodrow.com or you are the um if you want to grab the books they're um on audible as well as amazon just type in you are the rock star and uh, they'll pop up Nah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love, by the way, I was recently learning about um, like cover art, the binding, um, like even what you put on the binding, like, you know, words, the title, the back yeah. use that used great, you know, usage of, of real estate. Um, and uh, this is great. How, what, what, how old are you here? How, how long ago was this? Um, in that one? Yeah. So that was... Uh, what was the date? I think that was 2010. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you, yeah. I'm, every, yeah. I'm showing a picture through the video right now if anyone's wondering. You know? yeah. Well, and you're specifically showing a picture of me with my face bloodied and split open in three places. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were playing a place in Virginia at this, this, um, it was like a skate park kind of vibe mm -hmm. inside. And we were playing with Asking Alexandria and we came as Romans who are good friends of ours. And, um, we were, we were playing the show and we were one of the openers and my wireless started messing up. So it started kind of cutting in and out, which was really frustrating for me at the time because I wanted to, you know, deliver the best experience possible and rock out for everyone. And so I started getting more and more frustrated. 
And I tried a bunch of stuff. I tried switching off my wireless, doing a bunch of things, and it just didn't seem to help at all. So I was really frustrated. Like I said, I decided to take out that frustration by stepping up onto the drum riser, which is a little platform that the drums sit on. And I decided to just, you know, I'm going to headbang my frustration away. So I decided I headbang down as hard as I possibly could. And right when I decided to headbang down, my foot was on a rug that the drums sit on for grip. Mm. It, it slipped as I leaned forward. Oof. So I, I fell off the drum riser as I was headbanging forward. And it felt like I had just been punched in the face by a big wooden box because I hit my face into the top of the kick drum as hard as I possibly could. I looked up and my drummer, Tim, looked at me legit in astonishment, like, what the hell did you just do? And I didn't know what had just happened. I just had saw stars. My face felt super warm, super kind of like just wet. And I didn't know what, why, like where I was. And I noticed that was just all of a sudden there was blood streaming down my face. And I got, I grabbed a couple of towels, you know, took care of myself, ended up finishing the set because the show must go on, of course. But after the fact, uh, a medic ran up to me who happened to be, he just got back from a tour over in, in the Middle East at the time. And he met me in the bathroom and super glued my face <laughs> in, in those three spots, which was hilarious. Cause he, he told me, he was like, yeah, you can either go get stitches or I can just super glue it here. And I, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, we're just going to do super glue. I'm not going, I'm not going to get stitches. Um, uh, so we did that. And kind of the moral of the story for me was just, you know, creating space. Yes. To not be as reactionary. Yes. And to be more action based rather than reaction based. And so, yeah, that photo that you're holding is like, you know, I probably would have been, I think, like in my early 20s, like 22, 23, and not necessarily in a place where I had that space to observe myself before reacting. And, and I, I let it get the best of me, thinking that it defined my experience. And I thought that, you know, by being frustrated and angry, it was the solution. And it clearly was not. And the universe rewarded me with a swift haymaker to the dome. <laughs> and that's how, that's how I learned that lesson. See, everybody, being frustrated and angry does not actually propel you forward. So you can be frustrated and angry at how the world is behaving. You can be frustrated and angry at how the systems are set up. You can be frustrated and angry at a lot of different things. It won't solve your world. So, yes, you cannot be reactive. You got to be proactive. So I love that. Um, what do you have coming up? Anything? Um, I'm working on a course right now, yeah. which is my first one. So it's it's going to be some of the stuff I shared in my book tour as well as some of the stuff we've been discussing here, just more of a deep dive. Nice. And it's the first course I've ever done. So it's, you know, it's a total experiment. We'll see. Um, I, I'm excited about it. It's really fun. And I'm excited to do more of them moving forward. But I'm looking to have that out within the next few weeks. So I'm I'm amped. And uh, and other than that, it's, it's this year, rest of the year for me is focusing on music. I had a really beautiful experience in Berlin at that, at that same yoga training I was a part of. And I got to share some of the music I've been writing over the last six months. And I wrote all the music recently with the intention of self-transformation, self-development, yoga, meditation. And I got to use it for a quick yoga flow. It was only about 10, 15 minutes. And I had a bunch of people that, that, that took the class. And I, I only shared music that I wrote because I wanted to let people in and just 
give them a glimpse into like who I am. Because when you're doing anything vulnerable, like standing in front of people, you know, the more we let people into who we are, the more connected everyone's going to feel. So sharing the music and then guiding this really, you know, self-love oriented yoga flow, it, it, it had everyone afterwards feel in some sort of way, in a good way. And I did hop on a piano at the end of the class in the back of the room and played one of my songs, which was, you know, hadn't performed in so long. It felt really awesome. But I had a handful of people that were crying after and and they were the happy tears. And they talked to me telling me that, like, it was just such a beautiful glimpse into just kind of who I was. And they felt like everything was going to be okay. And that just was so rewarding for me after, you know, the trials and tribulations of, you know, what we talked about earlier of not really knowing, like, you know, like, who am I? I've had attachment here, attachment there. I'm going to explore and write music because it lights me up. I also love sharing yoga, love sharing meditation. And so I got to do that and get some really positive feedback. And that really lit a different, a different um, fire inside of me that I want to just pour some some life energy into and create more music, releasing it regularly with the intention of helping other people through their transformation and their their developmental process. So uh, so that's really what I'm going to pour myself into as well as a few other financial investments and things like that the rest of the year, which yeah. will be fun. I love it. I love it. The pouring yourself into um, the music that helps with everybody with their, you know, with their transformation as well. So it's very purpose-driven. Product idea, I'm just saying, maybe make an album specifically for yoga. Just saying. (laughs) Just a product idea. You know, I'm writing it down right now. You know, (laughs) you know, remember everybody heard it here first. (laughs) Another thing too, um, because when I hear like, you know, like yoga music, I think just, you know, airy, ethereal chanting, stuff like that, which is fine. I like, I just have a different approach because personally, I, I enjoy sharing stuff that I personally listen to. Mm-hmm. So there's classes where I would share some songs that you wouldn't normally hear. And, uh, and that always really lit me up and I found it let people relax more. Yeah. Like the one I, I guided a class, um, way back in the day when I was a high school substitute teacher, I got asked by the soccer team um, to guide a yoga flow for this boy's soccer team. And I could tell everyone was super, super tense because, you know, the classic mindset of yoga and it being for, I don't know who, like women in spandex, which is what I thought when before I started yoga. And I remember the first track that I led off with during that yoga flow was Kendrick Lamar, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Yeah. And, and it was... <laughs> It was as if I had just taken like a warm knife and cut through butter and everyone started laughing and they just surrendered. And I, and I just know that the power of music is so beyond the limits of language Mm -hmm. and it connects us that it's just really, really important to like not have this preconceived idea of what yoga music could be like. hundred percent. And so like one example of that, if you, if you check out my Spotify, which is just Woody Woodrow, I have a song called life force that I wrote because one day I was just feeling really pissed off and I wrote it. It sounds like it should be a track to like a really intense movie. It just sounds kind of like a movie scorey kind of thing, but it's dark and it's heavy and it's in your face. And that's how I felt. I felt like I wanted to release and let go. And I shared this song on my book tour while I instructed people to power pose, which while I was writing my book, I found out if we power pose for two minutes, 
we actually change our brain chemistry. We release stress and we increase our testosterone, which helps us to make decisions. So if we're entering a difficult situation or we want to feel more in our power, just to do like, you know, that, that like wonder woman stance or even a warrior one or warrior two, maybe even just expand your arms out to the side. It just means expand, Mm. feel into your body, breathe into it. Right. And just hold it for like two minutes. I played this song during that and I cranked it. And it's just this like heavy in your face. There's like, I like no joke, put like lions roaring in it. There's like gun clicks. In it. It's like so opposite of what yoga is. But I was, I was doing these in yoga studios and everyone was just, you know, in their experience fully. And, you know, obviously everyone had their own experience and I don't know how they felt, but the vibe afterwards was very empowered and very confident, which is kind of a byproduct of power posing. Um, but I just wanted to share that because I might, you know, I might say I want to create music for yoga and meditation. I want to create music for self-transformation that moves energy. And sometimes that's like a punch in the chest and that's okay because we love music for so many different reasons that we shouldn't compartmentalize it, especially when it comes to how we can transform us. Hundred percent. That's the beauty of music, and it's and funny how so many different things, so many different types of music can move so many different types of energy depending on what you're needing. Uh, brother, this was in- incredible. I appreciate having you back on. We we did better than last time. We're about an hour and a half. I know. <laughs> so, um, so uh, the website one more time. Um, you can just go to youarethorockstar.com to check out my book. And if you want to see my website, it's just alexwoodrow.com. Um, th- they'll link to each other. So either either one works or if you forget, just go to Woody Woodrow on Instagram and send me a message because I'd love to connect. Everybody listening, we'll probably do round three like before December. <laughs> before December. You'll be the first to actually do three in one year. I have had a few that have done three, only a few. So we could do three in one year. <laughs> so we'll have we'll have started the year we'll have checked in in the middle of the year and we will have ended the year together so this should be interesting so that that actually let's do it it's done it's it's already let's done and we'll do uh, maybe on one of those topics you were bringing up earlier about with consciousness and, and whatnot but i know we'll have a million topics so uh everybody you can go connect on instagram woody Woodrow on instagram alexwoodrow.com you are the rockstar.com you'll be able to find him uh, and reach out, you know, he's got a lot of really interesting things going on and, uh, support, ask, read <laughs> everything that he's got going on. Um, truly appreciate you guys tuning in, uh, brother. Thank you for being on, man. I really appreciate our conversations. Yeah. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for everybody listening, I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening as long as you guys do. And you guys do, you guys tell me, I'm, I, I love you guys. So uh, please keep the ratings and reviews going. Uh, it definitely helps the reach of the show. Thank you guys for listening on Apple and Spotify and like 20 other platforms. And uh, just really, really appreciate you guys tuning in. You guys can read some more of my writing, mattgodisman.substack.com. The second podcast is coming out soon. Stay tuned for that. But I will put information elsewhere for that. Those will be daily. I am actually moving to have YouTube and audio (laughs) daily. So to, you know, Woody's point, you know, we're not always ready, but we're just going to do it anyways. You know, it's like you move right into it and you're like, I feel called. And he's doing his music like in a multitude of ways. And often, well, here we are. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you as always for tuning in for my amazing guest, Woody Woodrow. 
for myself, Meg Osmond, for Hustle Sold Separately. We are out. Thank you.